This is Spiritual Directors Talking About Stuff, the podcast where spiritual directors talk about stuff. How do we experience God? How do we evolve in our understanding of faith? How do we expand our picture of God's love? These questions and more will guide our talks. Here are your hosts, Chris Aker and Maggie Schlosser. Hello, and welcome back to Spiritual Directors Talking About Stuff. I'm Chris Aker, and my co-host Maggie is also here with me. Today, we're going to be learning about sacred pathways, which are different ways that people experience and connect with God. And we'll also talk about the implications of those pathways for spiritual direction. Maggie, what did you learn about how to connect with God? That's a great question, Chris. Um, I remember when I first became a Christian, I was 24, and uh, I was basically given this list of things that I have to do in order to stay a Christian. This is the list that all good Christians, and I put that in quotes, all good Christians have to do to uh, not only to be saved, but to continue to be saved. On that list was I had to go to church every week. I could never miss. There was no excuse for missing a Sunday. I had to study the Bible every day, read daily devotionals, pray, journal. um, And really all of this became a barometer for how I was doing in my relationship with God. And that really worked for me for a few years. Um, But after a while, that level of study didn't give me the same spiritual highs that it used to. And I really had a lot of guilt about not being a good Christian. What about you, Chris? Yeah, it was very similar for me. Um, I grew up in the Southern Baptist Church. And if you're not familiar with Southern Baptist, uh, it's very, very heavy on the Bible. So I was taught that we experience God through the Bible, and that is through reading the Bible, through studying the Bible, meditating on on the Bible, hearing sermons on the Bible, praying about, um, or well, you know, praying actual passages of the Bible like the Psalms. And so there's a lot of emphasis on the Bible. It was really primarily the Bible, and then prayer, and and then you know you listen to sermons every Sunday, and we're supposed to also be able to experience God through the sermons that we hear. But but the Bible was really uh, the number one thing. But for some reason, uh, the Bible, it never really spoke to me in that way that they were telling me that it should speak to me. In other words, I didn't really feel like I experienced God or connected with God by reading the Bible. And so I thought there was something wrong with me. Maybe I wasn't really saved. Maybe I didn't really mean it when I said that sinner's prayer when I was 10 years old or something like that. So like you said, Maggie, I also had a lot of guilt for not being a good Christian because I didn't feel like I was connecting to God the way that I was told that I was supposed to connect to God. Yeah, I, I think that's really common for people to feel that way when what used to work or what we're told is how it works stops working for us. I read a book a few years ago by Jan Johnson called When the Soul Listens. And in that book, she calls this this list of things that you check off every day that and now I'm a good Christian, and now I'm a good Christian. I, I crossed all my T's, I dotted all my I's, God and I are good. Um, with that mentality, she calls that checklist spirituality. And I just love that image that it gives of uh, here is your list, here is how you do for God and what you need to do. And uh, your relationship with God is based solely on 
on this checklist that we were taught, that churches teach, that we hear from other Christians. Um, Chris, you and I have both mentioned that at some point, what that checklist gave us either stopped working or never really worked in the first place. Back in 2015, uh, the Barna Group, which is a major research group, published a study on how people grow spiritually. And uh, the study said that the number one challenge to helping people grow spiritually is that most people equate spiritual maturity with trying to follow the rules of the Bible. And so the implication is that if you follow the rules, then you're good with God. But we know that God wants more than a rule follower. He really wants to be in a a relationship with us and to connect with us. If we're not careful, we can view faith as a one-size-fits-all approach. The way we connect or, or interact with God looks one way, one set of rules to follow. When that happens, we ignore the fact that we have certain talents and abilities and gifts, and we're wired a certain way, and we have a certain personality, and we get hyper-focused on the one way that we feel like we're supposed to connect with God, and we force ourselves into that pathway or style of connecting with God. So this can feel like trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. It can wear us out if we keep trying it over and over again. And this will lead us to many times feeling like, like a bad Christian, like we're, we're not doing the right things. We start feeling alone, and then that leads into our relationship with God stalling. And then oftentimes that pendulum swings from the one extreme of following all the rules to the other extreme of grace abounds and you don't have to do anything really. So we just stop trying. Yeah, that swinging of the pendulum was something that that happened to me. And I really went from one side of it, which was here's the checklist and you have to do this and do this and do this. And then uh, I eventually got to this place where I just kind of put my hands up and said, well, God loves me no matter what. It's all about relationship and uh, I don't have to do anything in my relationship at all and grace abounds. And so I, I didn't do anything to connect with God and I almost took that relationship with God for granted. And uh, that relationship did kind of stall for me. Yeah, Maggie, it has, it, that has happened with me as well. And it really is a a challenge though at times to find where along that spectrum or or along that continuum that we want to land. You know, being at one extreme or the other is not healthy, but finding that good place that's healthy for us is sometimes a challenge. And finding that place of balance is why it's so important for us to dig in and understand who we are a little bit more. I believe that we were all created uniquely in the image of God. And so if that's true, why wouldn't it mean that we all uniquely connect with God as well? And it, there are so many different ways and expressions and styles that we have to interact with God. And when we view it this way with this a diversity in connection with God, this becomes the opposite of a one-size-fits-all approach. This gives us the freedom to look at ourselves and to study ourselves and ask, how am I wired and what gives me life? And, and uh, when we start to ask these questions and learn how we were created, how we were wired, then we can discover our pathways, and this is where we can come alive. Now, these pathways that we're going to talk about come from a book that Gary Thomas wrote called Sacred Pathways, and we'll put the book information in the show notes for you. There are nine overall buckets, so to speak, or pathways about how people connect with God or experience God. 
Now, the nine that we'll talk about are not set in stone, and they're not specifically from scripture, so there might be more. But most people seem to see themselves in one or more of these different pathways. Our goal is to find the pathway that fits for each of us, what it is that gives you life in your relationship with God. I personally believe that our spiritual pathways are mostly fluid, which means that they change throughout your life and they change in different seasons. Some people believe that how you're wired to connect with God is static throughout your whole life, but I think different seasons call for different ways to connect with God. And I truly believe that part of the spiritual life with God is to experiment with different practices and see what it is that gives you life in your current season. And this might work forever and it might not. So I'm going to fly through these nine pathways. And then Chris, I'd love to hear which ones you connect with the most. So the first one is called the naturalist. And these are the people that relate to God outdoors and in nature. These are the people that would rather read on a porch than in the living room. Um, They might see a beautiful sunset or they might see a really big, beautiful oak tree. And they might see God in God's creation of uh, the sunset and of this tree. And this can be a very moving experience for a naturalist. The next one are the sensates. And uh, this is not a Kung Fu way to relate to God, but this, but these people relate to God through their senses. So through sight and smell and touch, these people love art galleries and museums and uh, probably have a, diffusers with lots of different essential oils in their house. And um, even something like going to Pottery Barn might be a moving experience for a sensate with all of the things to see and the textures to feel and all of that just might show them the diversity of how God created us. The next one is the traditionalist. And these people relate to God through religious ritual and symbols. They love history and things of old. They love reading prayers written by Christians hundreds of years ago. They probably love attending a worship service in a historic church. And uh, when they're standing in the same place that people stood 200 years ago, singing the same songs and worshiping the same God, that can be a very moving experience of God for these people and allow them to think of the Christian community as one that is so big that it spans over thousands of years. The next pathway are the aesthetics, and aesthetics relate to God in solitude and simplicity. So they probably wouldn't feel very connected to God by going to Starbucks and being around a whole lot of people. They like things very plain and very simple. I read once that Atlanta pastor Charles Stanley built a shed out of cinder blocks in his backyard and would go out there in this very plain and very simple shed that he built. And that is where he would go and meet God. The next one are the activists, and they relate to God through fighting for values and social justice. These are the people that want to stand up for a cause. They are the ones that volunteer for the PTA and the HOA. When I think of activists, I always think of Dr. Martin Luther King because he was so passionate about civil rights and justice. The next pathway are the caregivers, and they relate to God by serving others, by giving care. They worship God by giving of themselves. These are the people that when you think of a very good host in the house and people that have that gift of hospitality, these are the caregivers. They want to serve you and they see God when they're serving other people. The next one are the contemplatives. They relate to God through personal adoration and heartfelt devotion. 
These are the people that can sit at a table and journal with a cup of coffee for hours on end. The things that give the contemplative's life are reflection and contemplation and meditation on God. The next one, which is similar to the contemplatives, are the intellectuals, and they relate to God through study and understanding. They are the ones that probably have a huge library at home. They feel closest to God when they learn a new insight about God. When I think of intellectuals, I like to think of the late Dallas Willard, who is considered to be the modern day father of spiritual formation. When you walked into his home, there was an entire room that was floor to ceiling, wall to wall bookshelves that were full of books. He was definitely an intellectual that loved learning new insights about God. And the last pathway are the enthusiasts. These are the people that relate to God through excitement and outward displays of celebration. I like to call these people God's cheerleaders. They're the ones that they want experiences and they love going to big conferences and they worship with their hands in the air and they're dancing and they just like being around a lot of people that are all singing the same way. Okay, so those are the nine pathways. Just to go through them really quickly, the naturalists like nature. The sensates relate to God through senses. Traditionalists like history and things of old. The aesthetics like solitude and simplicity. The activists like to fight for values. Caregivers serve others. Contemplatives love spending time with God in heartfelt devotion. Intellectuals relate to God through their mind and study. And enthusiasts are God's cheerleaders. After going through those nine pathways, you might already know how you are wired to connect with God in your current season. If you're unsure, we're going to have a link to a really great assessment that will help you discover your pathway, and that will be in the show notes for you. Chris, can you share a little bit about what your pathways are and how it plays out with the spiritual practices that you do within within those pathways? Yes, as you were reading through that list, I definitely related to uh, several of those, um, and, and even I could remember relating to some of those at certain parts of my life and when I was in a different place spiritually, and now I don't really relate to that anymore. So, uh, for example, I think the intellectual list would describe how I connected to God back about um, 15 to 20 years ago, um, probably for about uh, about a decade um, I really was, uh, I dove into studying theology and I just really wanted to learn all I could about all kinds of different things about God and about different doctrines. And so I really did feel like uh, I connected to God during that time. So that would be the intellectualist. Um, now I don't really find that I connect to God as deeply in that way. I have changed. These days, I definitely feel like uh, I'm a naturalist. I love being out in nature, uh, especially in a stream. I live near the Great Smoky Mountains, and there are the most beautiful streams running through the mountains. And I love to sit next to one of those streams and just uh, relax and just listen to the stream, uh, listen to the noise of the water, um, you know, running over the rocks. And I just sit there and I, and I, I listen and I pray. And so that would also be the contemplative side or the contemplative pathway, I guess, in me. So I, I kind of do both of those. I sit by the stream and I just sit in, in silence. Uh, many times I'll also bring my journal with me, which would be um, a contemplative path as well. So I just feel like, you know, the, the combination of, of sitting by the stream 
uh, in silence with my journal is really kind of that trifecta of how I connect with God. I've also found in the last three to five years that I have started finding a connection to God through through beautiful things like artwork, beautiful music, and um, one of my favorite things these days is to go inside beautiful cathedrals. About two years ago, my family traveled to Barcelona, and I was able to go into some of the most beautiful cathedrals that I've been to in, uh, well, forever, and uh, it's just such an amazing experience to be inside the building and to see the amazing craftsmanship and artistry that the you know that the craftsmen built hundreds of years ago, and that really makes uh, it makes me remember how God is a creator and created us, and we are also creators, and so our our creations are just kind of a small glimpse of that beautiful creation that God has made, and so I guess that would be the sensate side of me, the um, connection through art or architecture and then music. I I don't know what it is, but there's something about sitting in the symphony, listening to Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, and I just can I just have to close my eyes, and I I, I can connect with God that way. It's such a beautiful connection. So what about you, Maggie? What are some of your pathways? Well, like you, I have had different seasons where different pathways uh, helped me connect with God. And when I first became a Christian, um, I loved going to a, a coffee shop and sitting with a journal and my Bible and, uh, you know, checking off the the Bible reading and the daily devotions and all that on the checklist. But I really just learned so much about God when I would read and journal And so that really was a little bit of the contemplative and the intellectual pathways. Um, And then a a few years after that, there was a season where I really connected to God through music and singing, going to conferences and being around people that wanted to worship. And so that was more of the enthusiast pathway for me. About six or so years ago, my best friend and I, we both worked at churches and we had Fridays off. And so we would find a different hiking trail around Atlanta every single Friday and go and hike and we'd be out in nature and we would connect with each other and we would talk about God. And um, and I experienced the naturalist pathway for the first time. I'm not really an outside person, but when I would go hiking with him, then that's when I would connect with God. Um, and I would say now um, I most connect with God through more of a contemplative and aesthetic pathway. Um, I love uh, just being in a quiet room all by myself, give me a journal, or even just, I don't even have to write anything down. I can just sit on a couch all by myself and just have really great conversations with God. Chris, it's interesting that you uh, um, have recently found a, a connection with God through more of the sensate pathway when you go into beautiful spaces and magnificent cathedrals. I found myself enjoying the same thing recently, but I would actually put my experience in more of the traditionalist pathway because going into old church buildings um, and singing hymns that were written hundreds of years ago and even looking at the stained glass and doing almost like a visio divina of sorts by looking at those windows just really helps me have great conversations with God and experience more of who God is. Let's switch gears here just for a little bit. And since the podcast is called Spiritual Directors Talking About Stuff, um, I feel like it is very appropriate for us to talk about how these pathways play out with spiritual direction. 
it's actually very common for people to seek out spiritual direction when they feel that their relationship with God has stalled or decreased or even hit kind of a plateau. A spiritual director can help a directee see God in more ways and even potentially suggest, as it's appropriate, um, different practices that might help them experience God and kind of reignite that relationship. And again, all of the suggestions and pathways and all of that is only if it's appropriate. A spiritual director isn't going to teach the pathways, but what they will do is they'll listen for words that suggest different pathways. And if the spiritual director can help the directee make those connections back to the pathways, then they can encourage the directee from there with different practices or different ways of experiencing God. One thing that I have found for me as a spiritual director is that I have become very aware of my tendency to take a step backward back into a checklist spirituality. I need to let that go. And uh, and by practicing different spiritual practices is more about experiencing God and connecting with God than it is about using it as a barometer for your relationship with God. So I constantly have to remind myself that we are all created uniquely, um, which means we all connect with God in unique ways. And so our directees are probably going to have a different pathway than us, which means that they will have different practices or different routines when it comes to how they connect with God. You know, you uh, you mentioned how we as spiritual directors listen for certain words or um, we listen for how our directees experience God. And I, I have a directee that um, in the past uh, has often talked a lot about going out into nature. And so um, that that's just a way that uh, this person experiences God. So one day, instead of having our spiritual direction session in uh, the normal location in the building where we would, would normally meet, I suggested that we meet out at a public park. And we have a lot of really great paved paths through the woods here in Knoxville. And so I said, why don't we meet at this park and we'll we'll just take a walk down the greenway and we'll have our spiritual direction as we walk down the greenway. And um, and they thought that was the greatest idea. And at the end of the, the session, they just loved it. They thought this is probably the best spiritual direction session I've ever had because we've been talking, you know, about God and we're out in nature where I really experienced God. So I was, I was really happy with the, the way that went. You know, Maggie, while we were going through this session, I was thinking, um, cause I know you, you're really love the Enneagram and are quite uh, knowledgeable about it. So I was wondering how these spiritual pathways connect with Enneagram numbers. Um, I wonder if you knew or, or might have any ideas about how they can relate to one another. Chris, I think you just discovered another spiritual pathway, and that is personality assessments. <laughs> yes, I love the Enneagram. Um, we are definitely going to talk about that at a later episode. But if you don't know what the Enneagram is, it is just another personality typing, um, and it helps you understand more about how you were created. And so, yes, I absolutely think that there is a correlation between the Enneagram and really any personality assessment, because by learning more about who we are, that helps us learn more about who God is. And the more we learn about God, the more we can learn about ourselves. And uh, so, yes, I would say there definitely is a correlation there. And um, I can't wait to explore that with you in a later episode. Yeah, that sounds great. We will be doing at least one episode on the Enneagram in the future. So I'm sure that we can dive into that then. 
Well, that wraps up episode seven of Spiritual Directors Talking About Stuff. Uh, We hope that you have enjoyed learning about the sacred pathways, and we hope that through hearing all these pathways that some of them uh, resonated with you and that you might uh, want to dig in and learn more about what your sacred pathways are. Uh, Look for the link to the assessment in our show notes, and we will see you next time. Thank you.